Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number two. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and today we'll be talking about the yield curve, or rather the inversion of the yield curve, and all things to do with that. If you've been following the news lately and watching CNBC or the other various networks, reading things online, you're probably seeing a plethora of stories talking about how the yield curve is flattening, how there's a potential of it being inverted, how the inversions in the past have led to or preceded uh, most of the recessions, and how it's potentially bad for the market. And then you're going to hear the other side about how, quote unquote, this time is different. And it might not matter in how we're in a new paradigm and the Federal Reserve has kept rates low for so long that we're in a different era. So let's sort of unpack some of that. And at the end, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on, you know, any of this stuff that is causing you worry. Uh, maybe it doesn't matter as long as uh, you've got sort of some protection in place on your investments and portfolio. So without further ado, let's just get into it. So when you're hearing about the yield curve, the yield curve, okay, what they're referring to is what various maturities of U.S. Treasuries are paying. And so to give you kind of an example, when you, if you were to pull up a, you know, a, a quote machine or Bloomberg or CNBC or CNN Money, any of those, and you looked at what the current interest rates were for U.S. Treasury bonds. And of course, U.S. Treasury bonds are bonds that are issued by the U.S. government. Uh, they are, quote unquote, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States Treasury. And they have maturities anywhere, you know, really from three months that you sort of follow, three months all the way to 30 years. And so you'll see, you know, three, three months, six months, one year, two years, five, 10, and 30 years. Now, maybe we'll do another episode at some point about the effective interest rates on fixed income, i.e. bonds. But for now, just know that the, the shorter end of maturities have less sensitivity to interest rates and the further out they have more sensitivity to changes in interest rates. And so when we talk about the yield curve, if you were to start on the left-hand side and say, okay, the three-month treasury is yielding this much percent, and then you went to the six-month, the one-year, the two-year, five-year, all the way out to 30s, and you would just write in and plot what the interest rate was, that would form a line. And typically that line is going to go from the lower left-hand corner uh, where shorter-term maturities are yielding less in interest than longer-dated maturities. And so you would expect the 30-year Treasury bond to be paying a higher amount of interest than you would, let's say, the three-month bond. And so when you're talking about a yield curve, you're essentially talking about just plotting and drawing a line across the various maturities. And if you were looking at a chart, you might have a bunch of dots on there. And a normal curve would slope up and to the, the right. Start in the bottom left, slope up and to the right, meaning that as you went further and further out until bonds mature, their expiration date, right, uh, the yield would get higher. And that seems a normal thing. You would expect to want to earn more money on holding a, a bond 
uh, for 30 years than you would, let's say, for holding something that's three months to six months, one year. That's a normal curve. And what happens is when you see rates start to sort of compress, and by compress, I mean the difference between, let's say, what you could earn on a a three-month bond and what you can earn on a 10-year or a 30-year, when they sort of become very similar, uh, we would say the curve gets less steep, meaning going from the bottom left to the upper right, that line is instead of going you know, up and to the right and a little more vertical, uh, the line gets a little more horizontal. And so uh, it flattens and the line is more straight across. And that's really what we're seeing right now. And so to give you an example, I pulled some rates from, and we're here in July of 2018, uh, if we plotted these across you know, a three-month rate would be 1.95%, six months would be 2.14, two years, 2.63, five years, 2.82, and 30 years, 3.09. And so when you start to kind of look at all these rates, they're relatively flat across the, the maturity spectrum, even the further you get out. And so that's what's really what they're talking about, a flattening yield curve, flattening yield curve, when rates are more equal across all different maturities. Now, that's what a yield curve is. All it is, is it's a plot, it's a graph, it's a line graph, uh, just illustrating what the different maturities are. And it's, uh, it's more steep when short-term rates are much lower than long-term rates. It's flat or flatter when short-term rates are more equal or closer to longer-term rates. And, you know, there's a normal, there's a flat curve, and there's also something that's called uh, yield curve inversion. And when the yield curve inverts, what you actually see is the shorter end of the, the curve or the shorter end, uh, lower maturity, shorter maturities, you know, your, your threes, your six, ones, twos, they might be higher. Uh, for example, let's say if you're looking at 10-year versus two-year, you might see the two-year yield be higher than the 10-year yield. And when shorter-term rates are higher than longer-term rates, and there's a couple of reasons why that, you know, th that happens, uh, but that's called a yield curve inversion. We're not inverted yet. Uh, we're currently a little bit of a, a flat curve, um, but there has not been any yield curve inversion yet. And so one of the reasons why you're hearing, hearing about all this talk about yield curve inversions and the flattening of the yield curve is because we've got some historical perspective. And by the way, if, you know, I even mentioned this in the book, Broken Pie Chart, you know, every, every time you're looking at an investment, or anything, it says past performance is no indication of future results. Um, so just because something happened and it happened with relative frequency, the last number of recessions, meaning the curve is inverted prior to the, the previous recessions, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in the future. But that's the reason why you're seeing all of the articles, all of the talk on the financial news networks about potential yield curve inversion. And the reason why they're doing that is um, each of the last bunch of recessions, 
the yield curve inverted at some point prior to the recession. And that's what they're talking about. Now, to give you a little perspective on this, 2008, 2009, the Great Recession of 2008, one of the worst and deepest recessions that we've seen, the yield curve actually inverted uh, ever so slightly. And we're going to use the 10-year maturity on the U.S. Treasury and the two-year. And this is when the 10-year went slightly lower than the two-year yield. So we had some inversion there. That happened December of 05. Now, to think about this, we didn't start to see the recession show up until, let's see, December of 05. It's really more like January of 08, right around there. Uh, that certainly the market started to go down. And when people, uh, you know, when, when economists go back and they sort of put a start to a recession, they backdated a little bit, but that's about when it started. So you're talking about, roughly two years or so from when the yield curve inverted to when the the recession started. Uh, When you go back and look at a number of these other ones, um, I think the range is somewhere, you know, 12, 13, 15 months, 20 months uh, prior. And again, I'm not saying that there, if we do invert, that necessarily means it's going to be a recession just because it's happened every time. But there is uh, historically been some time between these. But they're going to be hitting you with stories right now because it's something that's happening. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes on on news networks and uh, getting clicks, putting a little fear out there is helpful to get page views. So, but there's some perspective there. Even when it's happened, it doesn't necessarily mean a recession's immediate. And interestingly enough, if we look at, you know, the market probably went up roughly another 20% or so from when the yield curve first inverted and when the recession started, and then obviously in January of 08, when we first start to see price decline in the markets. And so the reason why people feel like the, the yield curve inversion is shows economic weakness or has been a good predictor, well, it's a couple things. The first is that when people believe that, you know, there's always this flight to quality. And so one of the reasons why they say long-term rates stay low, remember there's an inverse relationship between uh, the price of a bond and, and interest rates. And it means when interest rates go up, typically bond prices go down. And the inverse, when interest rates go down, bond prices go up. And often in times when, when people are uh, a little trepid about the the economy or about the markets, or there's some sell-off that happens. Uh, often there's a flight to quality, meaning people buy bonds, and when people buy bonds, bond prices go up and the, and the yields go down. And so that's one of the things that's pointed to is uh, you'll hear people talk about, well, if people are um, not as confident in the longer-term prospects of the economy, uh, maybe they'll they're less apt to. Uh, uh, to hold short term or the whole stocks, maybe they'll rotate into into bonds. But that's one of the reasons that you'll hear. The other thing that you'll sort of uh, you'll sort of hear about a little bit. Um, well, I mean, there's really a couple of things you're going to hear about. And let's let's talk about the idea about how banks make money and how uh, the yield curve and inverted yield curve potentially might might impact that. And so. 
The old adage is that banks tend to borrow short and lend long. And, and let's say, you know, when they lend, they might uh, issue a mortgage. And so they're collecting interest on the, uh, on the mortgage and they're paying interest on, let's say, you know, deposits or things like that. It's a really oversimplified explanation. But if you think about it, if short-term rates rise and long-term rates are lower than short-term rates, you know, banks that are borrowing short and lending long, they see what's called their net interest margin um, start to work against them, compress, or, or even go negative. So that's one of the things that you'll hear a little bit about is the idea of um, how this affects lending. Um, beyond the scope of, of this podcast, um, there's also uh, swap trades, there's sort of carry trades where uh, people are long or short one end of the, the curve, and um, that starts to break down a little bit. Um, but that's one of the things that you'll hear. So definitely less, con- you know, people talk about less confidence about the long-term outlook, um, they'll talk about how banks, uh, net interest margins. Um, the other thing that affects how interest rates happen, the short end of the curve is uh, probably a little bit more dependent on what the Fed is doing. And so right now we're seeing the Federal Reserve has uh, risen rates. Risen, is that the right way to say that? Uh, rates have risen in, in the last, you know, uh, since staying at zero for basically a decade. And the short end of the curve is a little more susceptible to those interest rate, the Fed funds rate. That's what you hear about on TV. The long end, uh, not as much. I mean, if, like the long end, uh, 10 year, you know, 30 year, things like that, a little bit more dependent on inflation and the inflation outlook. Um, and so inflation, although it's risen, and if you listen to the Fed talk, they say, you know, look, it's finally above uh, 2%, which may or may not be their target, or I guess, you know, they, they've talked about it being their mandate or target. But interest rates, um, or actually inflation, certainly has an effect on that. And we haven't seen inflation really run away. Um, and that's one of the things that people point to as well. And so you're starting to hear a few things, um, either in articles or, or on TV about, uh, one, the interest rate is... or yeah, we're seeing a flattening yield curve and how it's predated every session going back to whatever year it is. And this may be pointing to, you know, potential for some recession in the future. And we know recessions, depending upon how deep and how sharp, they could have negative impacts for the market. Certainly the last one we had started in 08 and I believe it ended uh, sometime, right, 09 from memory, I have to look it up. But you're going to hear a couple things. One, it's uh, it's a good predictor of future recessions. You're also going to hear, uh, hopefully people um, couch it a little bit by just because something inverts. And by the way, it hasn't inverted yet. We don't know if it's going to invert. But just because it inverts uh, doesn't mean it's you know immediately imminent. We talked about the distance between when it first happened in December of 05, however slightly, to really that January 08 period, so roughly two years, um, you'll talk about how, the other thing you'll hear about is, well, this time is different. Remember the, the quote, this time is different, uh, that things don't matter. And maybe they're right, maybe they're they're wrong, uh, but you'll hear some talk about, look, I mean, interest rates were so low for so long, this is a different paradigm, it's a new era, 
we've never had a Federal Reserve try and go from essentially a zero band or a zero percent interest rate and inflate them or rise them back up and try and create a normal interest rate uh, environment. It's never been done before. We had quantitative easing. We had Operation Twist. Uh, we still have things going on in, in Europe. Um, but you'll hear talk about that. Maybe this is a different situation. You'll also hear about maybe banks are able to hedge their uh, their interest rate risk more. They're using swaps or so. It doesn't matter as much. You might hear some talk about that. One of the things that's very interesting, you know, typically if you look at global interest rates, uh, you'll see countries uh, outside of the U.S. yielding more, meaning investors perceive that there is more risk uh, to holding, you know, France or Germany or U.K. or you know, name the country. Right, um, Germany and the U.S. right now are are certainly. Um, some of the consider some of the most safe haven, uh, safe haveny, safe haven areas uh, to park money. But when we talked about the U.S. Uh, interest rate curve or yield curve is fairly flat right now. If you look at Germany's, Germany's curve is relatively normal, and although in, on the short end of their their uh, yield curve. You know, if you want to look at German uh, bonds, which are government bonds issued by uh, the German government, the two-year is, is a negative 0.62% yield. That's right. It's, it's yielding negative. So in theory, if you buy the bond, you've, you've got to pay interest, not earn interest. Uh, the five-year is negative 0.26. The 10-year is a positive 0.39. And the 30-year is a positive 1.05. But one of the things that's recently been in the news is the difference between uh, the yield on, let's say, the the U.S. 10-year Treasury and the 10-year German Bund uh, government bond is the highest difference uh, in yield since like 89, 1989, so so quite a long time. And so I expect uh, there to be some talk about how uh, even an inversion in the U.S. doesn't matter because if you look at Germany, there's a still normal but also the spread or the difference between our rates and their rates is so wide right now um, that you're just in this, this different paradigm, this different shift. Look, the bottom line is, uh, I want you to understand what, what they're talking about. What do they mean by yield curve, yield curve inversion, flattening yield curve, normal yield curve? What are they talking about when they flash uh, a chart on the screen uh, they'll call it the tens minus two chart. All that is, folks, is just the yield on the ten-year treasury minus the yield of the two-year treasury. And I'll put a a link to uh, to a chart from the St. Louis Fed, uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, who has a chart. Tens minus two is easily accessible. It's free online. I will link to that in the show notes. Uh, but that's something that you're going to hear too, and you're going to see that the spread is has been narrowing, and that is indicative of of a flatter yield curve. Um, but I also just wanted to talk about some of the things that you're going to be hearing, and it's it's everything for why it's it's a great predictor of uh, past recessions and and can indicate weakness. And the other is uh, you're going to hear some some talk around why it doesn't matter, why it doesn't matter as much in in this current time frame. The important thing, though, is that anytime that you know you're you're seeing some talk about fear in the markets, you're seeing talk about 
there's there's something uh, that's out there that that's worrying. Uh, you've got people making predictions about whether the market's going to go up or down. I always want to remind people this. You know, it's it's really difficult to time markets. It's difficult to try and you know pick the the bottom, pick the top, and figure out when to get in or out. And there's really two schools of thought. I mean, some people are invested right now, and they're saying, "Well, um, I'm a little bit worried. I want to get out because." all this yield curve inversion, you got these professionals on TV that are talking about it. Um, but, you know, getting out now might mean foregoing profits and, and if the markets continue to go up. And, you know, certainly we don't, I don't predict what markets are, are going to do. Um, the other side of it is maybe, you know, you've got money that's uh, yet to be invested. You're saying, well, all this talk about the inverted yield curve, this is uh, this is not good. I might, I might want to, uh, hold off here. Really, the the thing that's interesting is uh, I like the idea of having protection on on portfolios. And one of the things uh, you can read about in the book, and I'll put a link to the book, is the idea of of building uh, using strategies that build portfolios that have hedges in them. A hedge means to hedge the downside, uh, buffers things that sort of buffer the downside. Uh, but still capture, you know, a good chunk of the the upside of markets, or, or you know, that's really the goal. And so, you know, the key is though, if if you have some sort of embedded protection in portfolios, and you're hearing hearing talk, whether it's the yield curve or it's or it's something else, um, hopefully that's one of the ways that you can kind of um, take a little bit of pressure and, and reduce the fear a little bit. Um, and potentially, you know, stay stay invested or get invested, um, and have a little bit more, you know, less anxiety about all the stuff that's going on in the market. So, in times like these, I think it's a good opportunity to to take a look and review and see, you know, how, how is everything sort of correlated? I mean, how does everything act together? And then, um, you know, if if this is something, and and we're going to see. A downturn in the markets. Uh, you know, what type of protection do you have? And by the way, if it's not, um, how are you capturing sort of the uh, the upswings as well? So, uh, I'd encourage anyone listening to this to, uh, if they want to uh, schedule a quick uh, phone call, um, reach out to me, and I'm happy to go over a couple things. Um, but as we we do these podcasts, the goal is is really to help. Uh, simplify a lot of these concepts that you're hearing. And when you get to, although the concept of a bond and you know, most people have had savings bonds or maybe you bought bonds before you have a bond fund, uh, sometimes bonds, you hear all these terms about yield spreads and basis points and all these types of things. And it's it sort of gets a little complicated. And so uh, let's uh, uncomplicate it for you. But uh, let's look and, and try and keep things in perspective uh, and try and help out with some of the fears. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of the Broken Pie Chart podcast. This is episode number two. In the show notes, I will link to a couple things uh, as well as the uh, a link to my book, Broken Pie Chart. And until next time, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon.